2019, the NCAA, a nonprofit organization, made $1.18 billion in revenue. On top of that, professional sports made $73 billion. But what's the real cost? What's the cost of tremendous amount of physical and mental pain that athletes endure? Who's really there to help them when they're nothing more than a way to make a profit? Is the pressure and stress to achieve perfection worth the mental struggles that come with it? A lot of us idealize sports players because we picture ourselves in their position. It's easy to create this perfect image about how professional athletes' lives are. However, the extremely negative and unhealthy aspects that come with sports go unseen to the common viewer. According to the Britain Journal of Sports Medicine, 19% of professional athletes struggle with alcohol misuse, 30% of current athletes struggle with anxiety and depression, and 26% of former athletes also struggle with anxiety and depression. USC women's volleyball player Victoria Garrick recently gave a TED Talk about how her time was while playing a college sport and how she struggled with mental health. It's crazy to me how I always dreamed about being in her position. I watched her growing up. I'm a libero myself and I always idolized her, but I had no idea about her struggles with anxiety and depression. The stigma that athletes have to come in every single day and give 100% and perform at their very best because if they don't, they're going to bring in another girl to replace you. And that's a constant thought in your head every single day. It's kind of pushes mental health to the side and there's no priority for mental health when you're supposed to be giving everything you have every single day and you complaining about something you're struggling with can set you back from another athlete that maybe is close in competition with you or the coach might see you as not mentally tough enough to play in the next game. So not that really prevents the conversation about mental health. And she talked about in her TED Talk how her fear of judgment really set her back and didn't allow her to move forward in her mental health journey and grow from being at an all-time low. I think the biggest thing that would be important to Victoria would be knowing she's not alone, knowing that there's other people on her team that struggle with the exact same thing. And according to the statistic that there's 34% of athletes struggling with anxiety or depression, usually there's about 18 people on a volleyball team. So six of them would be struggling with anxiety and depression. Six of them need to be on the court. And so it's really more of a question of how do we put all the money we're profiting off of these people? How do we put that money back into them living a healthy lifestyle, making a positive experience out of college volleyball, making an inclusive environment, and also putting mental health as a priority? a lot of sports teams and a lot of coaches encouraged athletes to play through injury it still goes on today physical injuries are very prominent and that is why we are given prevention to do every single week whether it's building muscle 
doing some sort of movement to prevent physical injury. And then if you have physical injury, if you have pain, sitting out for a certain amount of time and making sure you do that before you start playing the sport you love again. But we don't have that same emphasis on mental health. There is no sort of prevention. There's no sort of mandatory weekly meetings. There's no open environment to talk about how you're experiencing mental pain like you're experiencing physical pain. So I think the biggest thing that goes into working towards better mental health in sports is being able to talk about it. And not only being able to talk about it, but being able to not be ashamed about it, being ashamed if you need mental health days off, mental health recovery, any sort of mental health help. To get a better perspective from a mental health standpoint, someone that works closely with mental health in her everyday life, I interviewed a mental health counselor. She speaks about what ways sports teams can create in a more open and inclusive environment. Absolutely, there's a way to um, be more open and inclusive about mental health. I think it starts with the coaches and talking about the way that um, athletes manage stress and making it just an open dialogue about mental health. I mean, it comes in so many different forms from anxiety, depression, panic, um, all sorts of different um, emotions come with mental health. So if the coach can work well with just having an open dialogue about all of that would be great. And then also giving the athlete a person to go talk to if they feel like it's their emotions are too much or something has to um, kind of be talked about. Yeah, but a lot of athletes use sports as a way of escaping, a way of getting away from their problems or negative things happening in their life. So once things like mental health and injury, physical injury come into play with their sport, they face kind of an identity crisis because they no longer have that one thing to rely on. So to look more into that and explain it better, here is a mental health counselor saying how epigenics in certain people, epigenics in certain athletes, might have a contributing factor to that and also how to identify that early on in order to see later how it will affect you. Epigenetics is an interesting new um, topic that we've been talking a lot more about recently. It's kind of an extension of the nature versus nurture um, topic that everyone knows from, from years past. Um, basically what epigenetics is, is the, is how an environment influences mental health and, or like in this case, a student athlete. So if you look at, um, nature versus nurture is nature is hereditary. Nurture is their environment that they're raised in. So if someone that's raised in a, a child is raised in a positive environment with, um, you know, sort of unconditional love, a lot of positive support and um, influences in their life, 
and the relationships around them versus a child that's raised in an abusive home or um, a lot of negative thoughts in the family or challenges that are produced, then it's not necessarily a great environment for the child to be raised in, which also, um, it also is an extension of their emotions. So other things, the kind of the other topics we touched on was conflict resolution and, and your emotional intelligence. Well, epigenetics, if um, it's the way that the genes are expressed, so they go dormant if um, they're not expressed and like positive emotions aren't expressed. And so by extension, if an athlete is out on the court and they've been raised more in a challenging environment, how are they going to manage those emotions when, you know, a game isn't going their way or um, something happens within the sport that they have to figure out how to manage that stress? It's probably more than likely they're not going to handle that that well. So epigenetics is basically... um, how your how your you know DNA is expressed in a positive way, hopefully, with kids. Athletes are making billions and billions of dollars for people that don't have to put in the work, that don't have to go through any sort of physical or mental pain. And from a young age, it's really just exploiting children. So the question is, how much money is it really worth to exploit them? And how much money are you willing to put into it? 